Well, welcome back to another episode of Red Tinted Glasses. For those of you that have forgotten what Callum looks like and sounded like, he is joining us on the show. And the last time it feels like he was on the show, he was so confident that we were going to win the bloody lot. Well, we're now seven games without a win, Callum. That confidence has rapidly faded away, I'm sure. Yeah, seven we're going to win the lot now. Winning a game would be nice. Um, it's not going well, Glenn. It's not going well at all. I'm not enjoying it. No, the uh, the project is, um, I don't know, is that a test? Yeah, Cormac's project with Stephen Glass. Mm. Now, Stephen Glass came out in, in his post-match conference and said there's going to be negativity from the outside of the, the Don's camp. This podcast may or may not contain severe levels of negativity based on what we saw today. Um, but at the same time, we'll try and... Well, I don't even know how you can put a positive spin on it, let's be honest. So, mm. um, <laughs> The team news from today was David Bates getting his first start in, in place of Declan Gallagher. So why not play two centre-backs? You play a midfielder alongside your new centre-back. Were, were you surprised that it was Gallagher that was let's, dropped? Because I don't really think it was, you know, he was, I don't think you can say he was rested. Uh, dropped and Bates playing alongside McCrory? I don't know. He's, Glass seems to be a big fan of McCrory at centre half. I think, uh, I suppose as a ball player, it sort of works, I guess. Um, I was happy to see David Bates come in though. Um, I suppose Gallagher, I, I said previously that he wasn't quite settled. It's just like he's not getting like a run of games at, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So he just doesn't seem to be up to speed or whatever it is, uh, performing at that level required. So. You know, I was happy to see David Bates come in. I think David Bates actually did quite well, uh, all things considered yeah. as well. Um, one of the very, very, very few positives. But anyway, we found one already, so, you know, it's <laughs> yes. going all right. <laughs> Something to cheer about already and more than we had to cheer about in the 90 minutes or however long you lasted at Pataudry today, 84 for me. Um, but in, in fairness to Ross McCrory, <laughs> I was, you know, maybe a bit critical of him being included in the starting lineup when you see Bates named... Uh, I suppose maybe just expecting it to be alongside Gallagher, but I actually thought not only did Bates play well, you're absolutely right, but I also thought McCrory had a relatively solid game throughout and, you know, it wasn't him that was, you know, at fault for for the goal at the, the end of the day. There were a few other changes and maybe a few surprises as well. My Longstaff finding himself on the bench and not featuring at all today. Um, <coughs> J. Emmanuel Thomas with uh, another... Typical jet jet performance. We'll get your opinions on that in a, in a second. But Marley Watkins missing out completely through uh, injury. Austin Samuel's coming in. Much needed burst of pace and energy that the team was severely lacking from last week. No Gary Woods again also missing out through injury, which saw young Tom Ritchie take his place on the bench. And surprising, no Conor McLennan um, this week, not even featuring on the bench. Niall McGinn took his place on the bench and said no reason given given for that. I think when you looked on later on in the game when we were needing a bit of pace and injection and we chose that to be now again, mm-hmm. uh, kind of sums up where we are just now. I think so, especially when uh, Samuels had to go off as well. <clears throat> um, it was, I thought, by the way, Austin Samuels, 
probably our biggest threat um, going forward, um, which is you know interesting. Considering I thought he was a striker brought in, he's been playing on the wing. Pretty sure he's right footed, and like the most dangerous mm. thing that happened all game was him lashing balls across the box with his left foot. So a bit of a concern, but um, I, yeah, I but thought. Can I, I sorry? Can I just make a point on that lashing the balls across the face of the box? Mm. He did this against Ross County as well. Can we stop, or know. can he stop? blasting the ball at 100 mile an hour across the face of of goal and i think the one time he actually did play a decent ball across across the face of goal there's nobody on the end of it mm-hmm. it just needs that little bit of work there not that, that final ball because for the threat he possesses his final ball is severely lacking i think so i think he's probably not a natural winger uh, that's probably mm-hmm. the thing because from all we heard, he was a forward, well, a striker who could play uh, out wide rather than sort of the other way around, or as being an out and out winger. But so maybe it'll come. Maybe it'll come with time, and obviously we've got that option to buy. So I suppose we'll see if that happens. But uh, I think you're right in that we missed that sort of uh, that bit of pace as well. Because obviously we had him, but he let he had to go off. Johnny Hayes come on in his replacement, and um, I suppose did okay. But now again, I quite enjoy some of his movement. To be honest, they might, wow. they might have slagged him off. They might have slagged him <laughs> off. Some of his movement today was much better than, for example, J. Manuel Thomas, who was standing static most of the time. So I'll give that to Naum again. Yeah, um, you know, one thing we we said on the, <laughs> the review of the Motherwell game about, and even, you know, a lot this season about how Ramirez is desperately needing a partner. If you're going to play a partner, Jet's got to be up there alongside him. I really don't know... First of all, I don't really know what Jet offers to this team just now, mm. based on today and what we've seen so far this season. I'm not sure if Glass knows what role to play him in. Mm. Um, he barely tracks back. He's cumbersome going forward, sloppy in possession. And this is, you know, today. I'm not, you know, on on a whole. And I think for me, a largely frustrating um, performance from him. And I was expecting him to be the first person to come off, not Samuels, who I think, you know, there was a lot of surprise around his um, his substitution being replaced by Johnny Hayes. I expected it to be, if it was going to be Hayes coming on, it would have been for Jet. But, you know, Glass coming out at full time and saying, look, you know, Austin Samuels only had an hour in his legs today, you know, with returning from injury, which is, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we, we missed his pace and directness against Motherwell. But if you can only get an hour out of him, would you, hindsight's a wonderful thing here, Callum, but would we have maybe been better suited to start a Teddy Jenks, Mm -hmm. a Johnny Hayes, and bring Austin Samuels on when St Johnston are maybe tiring? Mm -hmm. Is Is that hindsight being a wonderful thing, or is it maybe a genuine, legitimate question to have of Glass and Aberdeen? Um, yeah, obviously looking back, we think, oh, that would be a brilliant idea. But, you know, foreseeing that kind of thing, I suppose, um, is, is different. But I think it's a good point because, you know, he was getting the better of Sean Rooney in that first hour. Could you imagine how he would have done again in the last sort of 20, 15, 10 yeah. minutes uh, against him? Um, but just going back to Jet, uh, you mentioned some <laughs> of like his, his 
and uh, on the ball, uh, being sloppy in possession. Sometimes it's it's confusing. Sometimes his like touch, his control is brilliant, and he looks like oh, that's why he was on the books at Arsenal once upon a time. Yeah. And then other times it's like we've got a brick wall wearing a number fourteen shirt and can't control the ball for to save his life. Um, mm. I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know what to do with him. I feel like he, Ramirez was sort of started the season at his best with Jet closer to him rather than coming mm. in off the left, uh, off the yeah. off the right and then also that leaves a lot for Calvin Ramsey to do on the right hand side uh, on okay you might have Funso Ojo supporting him from centre midfield but then he's not a winger either uh, there's a lack of natural wind on that side yeah and <clears throat> normally our right hand side was has been our most potent attacking threat mm. Calvin Ramsey probably been our most threatening player going forward but Ojo didn't really kind of get into the game today, did a lot of running about um, with, no real, with real threat. But young Calvin, who's been, you know, uh, amidst transfer talk with Everton, um, having scouted him last week at, at Fir Park alongside a host of other Premier League clubs. I don't know if it's just, you know, the games are catching up with him now, but he looked, you know, certainly towards the end of the game, he looked a bit out out of you know tiredness maybe creeping in it being a long frustrating game for him but I you know this is not picking on Calvin Ramsey in particular here it's just and it's, it's maybe a testament to how good he's been this season mm. on how obviously quiet he was today yeah I agree I think it, we do really need to be careful with him to be honest because we forget mm-hmm. he is he has just turned 18 uh, he's basically still a kid and he's yeah. playing with men every weekend when it, um, and more again more importantly against men uh, week in week out, mm-hmm. um, which you know can we can leave him liable to burning out, which maybe he sort of suffered from uh, today, which is you know it's not great, it's bound to happen. But then also on the yeah. flip side, when he's that good, you don't want to leave him out. Do you? No, no. Well, not when your replacement's Jack Kerr, I suppose, has uh, has been touted before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, true. How? Given you know the the talk after last weekend was you know the the midfield was was a bit too crowded. Mm-hmm. Do you think we got the the setup of the team right today? Obviously, Longstaff getting getting dropped, so uh, Jed had come in, Samuels had come in. So we, you know, I've seen folks saying it was maybe more of a diamond position, maybe three up top instead. Mm-hmm. D- did you think we had the the setup of the team correct today? We just maybe lacked personnel. And also because you know we heart back to the center, the center back pairings not being having time to gel. Were we seeing that in in the forward areas? Because Ramirez hasn't played with Jet for for a, a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. Samuel's has only played one game with Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Players are still getting to know each other. It's difficult because we, we've had a full week on the training pitch. We can't mm-hmm. keep using that as an excuse going forward. But do you think we had? the setup right but we just lacked a bit of cohesion and mm-hmm. again once again lacked being clinical in the final third I think so I think we set out positively obviously with Samuels Ramirez and Jet all featuring um, well starting sorry rather I think mm-hmm. that, I think we did probably suffer from the lack of uh, attacking options off the bench obviously without Watkins McLennan Hedges um, I think though it just it looked a bit all looked a bit laboured. It looked a bit mm, um, yeah. sometimes a bit slow in the build up. It's just it's, I don't know. But it's a bit of a concern, and it wasn't 
the lineup, put it this way, the lineup was positive. It looked attacking, but then the way they were playing, it, it's not this free-flowing attacking football, really, that we've been hoping to see yet. But it's very yeah, early days. So, you know, well... And, and interestingly, in despite me leaving before full-time, I mm. uh, managed to catch what Stephen Glass was saying at full-time to Tyrone Smith. And he mm. didn't seem to take kindly to Tyrone Smith questioning the whether or not, you know, the fact that we were trying so hard to play the attacking brand of football was, you know, kind of hurting us. We were almost we were trying to be too, play too nice football. We're not producing the, the results. And uh, yeah, Stephen Glass didn't really take kindly to that line of line of questioning. So, but could you could you understand why that why he is getting frustrated? Uh, Stephen Glass. Mm, yeah. Um, I think it's a fair question to ask. I, it's interesting, however, that Stephen Glass is being asked these questions when, after so long, McInnes never got posed these questions by yeah, his uh, mates yeah. in the media, which is a bit convenient, but. Um, I don't know. I think it's a fair enough question to ask. Mm. But you can understand sort of Stephen Glass's frustration, I guess, because he, he, he does want to... Sorry, you'd be frustrated after another, yeah. you know, performance like that where we, once again, we do a lot of work with the ball, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't do anything <laughs> at the right end of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was keeping an eye on it. It's amazing what can happen when you go to games sober. I was keeping an eye on the, the clock for so I think our first attempt was was 25 minutes and that was Ramirez's yeah. awful header by the way and then the first attempt on target was Austin Samuel's deflected shot in 35 minutes I we had a lot of, yeah we had a lot of the ball and we sometimes it was labour sometimes we did actually play some alright stuff but it's yeah it's the lack of end product again it, it's very concerning I would be interested to know what our conversion rate is from crosses, put it that way. Mm. Well, certainly teams have got a better conversion rate mm. of crosses at, at our end. Um, no, I do remember that Samuel shot now was the one that was deflected and mm-hmm. moved up to Xander Clark, probably about the only real save he had to make. The Ramirez header, yeah, definitely should have, that was a 50p header. Um, and then the only other chance in the first half that I remember, because, you know, people like us to talk about the game, Callum, but mm. there really wasn't much to talk about in that first half. That's why we're sitting here analysing the the way that the kind of team sat up and, and, and mm-hmm. played. The only other chance I remember was Lewis Ferguson swinging in the ball and Jet and Ramirez both mm-hmm. failing to get on the end of it. But for all, again, the possession that we kept, you know, I was texting Keith during the game and kind of hark back to, you know, when we used to, when we first started this podcast, you know, I actually got a notification saying it's almost, it was a year, a year last Wednesday that we, we started on, on YouTube. So, you know, if you're watching on there and then, well, maybe if you're an Aberdeen fan, you might not be enjoying this, but I know we've got a few Hibs fans, mm. not just Michael, but uh, Rangers, Celtic, Hearts fans that do and enjoy our content, especially just now not winning game. Make sure you hit that like button and, Join, join the fun, hit that subscribe button too. But yeah, just just so so frustrating mm-hmm. that we're creating these chances but not not doing anything with it. Is um I thought personally, I thought when you know Ramirez scored that goal against Hacking, I was like, oh, finally someone who's going to be on the end of those crosses at all the time. You know, mm-hmm. missed that sort of player since Adam Rooney left. 
but it seems to be back to so many times that ball goes across that goal and there's no one there to prod it home. It's just so frustrating. Um, Even there was a couple of times he was, he was trying like fancy flicks and players aren't on the same wavelength as him. No, I don't know if all. that's him. I don't know if that's him just trying to be fancy when he should be keeping it simple. Mm. I, I'm not sure really kind of what it is that is is going on but in, in that first half as well for as little weak fated I, I genuinely don't remember St Johnson having a serious attempt and goal uh, yeah I was I was <coughs> keeping I think I was that was in general um, the mm. first shot was 25 minutes first one on target was 35 it was a really really <laughs> terrible first half of football wasn't it to be honest I it came, was a really really terrible game of football yeah. full stop <laughs> I came back from Edinburgh <coughs> uh, for the game and I really wish I'd just stayed down there it, it was not fun. And you know, funnily enough, the point you make about being sober, I was also sober even though I'm currently um, drinking now that Indulging. I'm old and need to, to, to drown the sorrows. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we mentioned COVID passports um, in the last episode, Brune, Brune attending today before, uh, and he said, you know, it's his final fling before he's banned from uh, attending Pataudry uh, in October. But what a final game to go out on for those of, that aren't double vaccinated and can't be attending. A horrible, horrible way to end, but also a horrible experience. And today fully reminds many people why they have to drink to watch Aberdeen. I know. Um, yeah, it was. It was. I can't. Not the final thing Brune would have liked, but um, no. you know. Also, just it's very typical. This is very typical of, uh, of Aberdeen. But you know, I, we've got to give Stephen Glass time. That's what I'm just keeping telling myself, and uh, we'll get back to winning ways. I'm sure. I feel like this is going to be common. A common occurrence. We'll go through spells of like playing the most beautiful football, winning games, and then we'll go through spells, drab spells for a while. Um, it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster. Can't wait. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And you know, obviously, we we should. I suppose we should say, Calm. We have to make sure people drink responsible, mm-hmm. responsibly, and uh, get that safety announcement in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you that go to Aberdeen games, home and away, sober continuously, why and how do you do it? Because that is mental. <laughs> I I respect them a lot. It was um yeah it was a it was a very boring affair today. Well, you know, yeah, we got through it. Uh, and you know what I would say, actually, on the on the note of alcohol, it seemed like there was a boisterous St. Johnston support for once, which I quite enjoyed. I quite enjoyed. There was a group of maybe thirty young lads down the front, and they were mm. they were giving it. Who the fuck is Stevie May? They were chanting and specking at someone, not me, but someone else. Which <laughs> I did enjoy, but um, you know, fair play to them. They seem to they seem to have a good time. So I'd like to, uh, you know. Com- commend big up the St. Johnson fans yeah. and also big up getting away fans back into Tawdry mm-hmm. um, great to see um, away fans add something a bit to that atmosphere obviously disappointing that they had something to go home and, and celebrate with mm-hmm. but I just want to go back a second Calm, just to a point that you raised earlier because Stephen Glass said he knows there's going to be negativity from outside places mm-hmm. we, we have a lot to be negative about from what we've seen but we need to also take into consideration what the point you raised there. We need to be giving Stephen Glass a chance. Mm-hmm. The team is still, as we've touched on, is still learning to play with each other. Players aren't getting consistent enough game time. We've got a very tough run of fixtures coming up after our trip to Paisley. How 
how much time will Stephen Glass get and how much patience, I suppose is the right word, can the support afford Stephen Glass? Because it's all well and good playing or trying to play, let's say, an exciting brand of football. But when the results don't come, football is a results-based business at the end of the day, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, obviously, as you say, it does take time for these players to get to know each other, get to know the new style of play. And also it takes time for Glass to mould the squad. It'll take a few windows. Um, and I'm saying, I'm not I'm not saying, by the way, that people should be turning on whatever like that. But I'm saying perhaps Cormac will allow more times than more time than the fans will because I've got a feeling Dave is just going to throw anything at it that is required to make sure that there's some sort of success with uh, his man Stephen Glass but how much then do you think you know you made a good point actually Focal you know you're doing well on your your good points today here thank you um, the, the point about the, the media the pressure that you know is, is coming not just from the fans, but will come from the press. You know, Derek McInnes never really got a tough time from the press, but admittedly, Stephen Glass will undoubtedly get a tough time from from the press, especially down in the West Coast. Cormac, rightly or wrongly, will be throwing everything at it to, to prove his appointment is correct and obviously to, to bring the success that we as fans want mm-hmm. at, at, at this club. But how how dangerous a game could, could that be? Because he... You obviously have to, I'm just trying to get this right, you know, you have to counter, you can't just throw any form of money Mm. at the club and hope that everything goes right because we've got players on high wages, still tough times financially. I don't know, personally, only seeing 13,000 there today, maybe a bit disappointing. Again, if the results don't come, Dragons mm-hmm. won't come either. It, it, it's it's a it's a fine balance right now. It is. There's a lot of variables. Um, you're absolutely right in that. It is a risky game to play throwing all that uh, all, all that money at at um, at Stephen Glass. Uh, but yeah, I suppose we need to remember also that it is Stephen Glass's first proper managerial job too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the, the Atlanta B team's not, with all great respect to anyone from Atlanta tuning in, it's not real real manager. Mm-hmm. You know, pressure that Atlanta B team is it? Exactly. It's well, I mean, who's <clears throat> yeah, exactly. There's not like Atlanta B fans, is there? It is the sport of Atlanta United, but also it's like they in that for them, that was all about developing players, getting them ready for that next step for Atlanta United rather than being about results, which is what as much as we'd like to develop our players here and obviously probably t- turn them into a profit, but um, it's it's also a lot about the results. Um, so I suppose it'll just I honestly don't know Glenn it's just mm. there's so many variables and so much to consider but it's going to be it's going to be a bumpy ride well it's it's very it's not very often that you're the one that remains largely positive and I'm the one bringing the, the negativity to the podcast but I'm trying to be as balanced and as, as fair as possible because people will be wanting you know us to talk about these these sort of things you described it as a roller coaster, a, a bumpy road. People are, you know, the, the word transition seems to be getting banded around a lot this season. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, you know, Glass is only on a, a ruling one-year contract. Do we just have to accept that this will be a season of transition? It may not be a successful season in terms of the league, but 
if we want it to be successful in terms of silverware, we now need to see the, the focus on the on the Scottish Cup this year. Of course, I do. I think uh, every every time every season, Aberdeen should be looking to uh, win the Scottish Cup. Uh, why not? Uh, St Johnston got the cup double last season. Mm-hmm. Why can't? Why couldn't we do something? But um, yeah, I think we the league cup before it's even well, started. Yeah, very <laughs> true. Um, but. I think there is importance in the Scottish Cup uh, this season, especially uh, perhaps more so than usual, just simply because of how the League Cup went, how the league's you know not going to plan so far. Obviously, it didn't unfortunately uh, make it to the Conference League group stages. Uh, I would say there's pressure on it though, and in terms of you mentioned Stephen Glass's one-year rolling contract, I think providing it's not a total disaster this season then that was almost guaranteed to be given another season. And then I think that would be when my judgment then will really be made after that second season. So you think regardless, he will see out this season? It, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of fans are saying, you know, you'll get till Christmas, but you think because it's, you know, largely being viewed as a transition, he will be given the whole season regardless because it, you know, to heart back to what McKinnis said, he always mm-hmm. worked a couple of windows in advance. Mm-hmm. Stephen Glass has only had one window to, exactly. to, to try and mould a team we're still maybe as fans as fickle as always but mm-hmm. it's it's probably too early to, to judge him we're going through a bumpy road and I think I think in the back of a lot of people's minds is how bumpy we are now we're we're seeing what's coming in terms of the fact that we are playing Celtic uh, you know after St Minute it's Celtic Dundee Hibs, Rangers, and then Hearts. So, if it's a bumpy road now, it's gonna be a very turbulent road in a few weeks' time. But also, it could be great. Cause imagine we just like turn up and smash them one time, like one of them, like or whatever. It could be fantastic. That's why I'm, I'm expecting this season. Just a load of ups and downs, and there'll be some great highs and some great lows. That's why. I'm and, and 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 actually, it's a it's a good point you make because maybe when the pressure is not on us going into these games because we are going in mm-hmm. in, in a poor run of form, it might actually suit us a little bit better because, you know, the media, the fans are not expecting us to go and get a result. Right, we'll go out and, and do something. But I also think potentially outside of obviously the Rangers game, which is going to be at Ibrox, unfortunately it looks like no fans will be allowed in that game. Dunfermline currently the only domestic um, fans that have been allowed in Ibrox this season. Don't know how that's being allowed or how it's deemed fair, but um, you know all the other games are going to be at Pataudry. So if we can get fans into Pataudry and get some form of atmosphere, because let's be honest, the Red Shed is really struggling to create a decent atmosphere. Controversial opinion, I know, but um, football's all about opinions, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can generate something and you know provide. And assistance from the stands to the team, who who knows what can happen. Yeah, I think to be fair, it makes a difference when there's actually something to sing and shout to about, about. Than, mm. yeah, rather than sweet Fanny Adams. Um, yeah, but I'll just go. She. Yeah, <laughs> it's great fun. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, on that note about the sort of attendance and um, and things, obviously, I think a lot of the old people, uh, the old sort of fence lot that used to go by the fence and sort of create a bit of an atmosphere there and um, I think they've migrated yeah, to the red shed which um, has left the shed there the set of fence very much lacking shall we say my scenes mm-hmm. it's still there and 
Um, a lot of empty seats around, people sitting down. It's not great. It's not fun. I hope mm. it's not like that come the big games. Yeah, in a, in a few weeks' time. But mm-hmm. um, on the game itself then, it didn't go as planned. The second half was really a very unlively affair as well. Again, very few clear-cut chances. St Johnson having uh, a goal disallowed to Glenn Middleton. Um, turning in, I think Chris Kane got a touch on, on the cross um, but Middleton being ruled outside, mm-hmm. David Watherspoon having a shot from distance, which no one decided to close him down. You know, I don't know why we decided that would be a good idea, but uh, thankfully, Watherspoon had left his shooting boots down in Perth, and his shot went uh, wide of Joe Lewis's right hand post. But we didn't learn our lesson from closing players down. Um, I wasn't really watching, but I, I, <clears throat> again on the radio, Willie Miller claiming it was. Declan Gallagher that should have maybe done a little bit better in, in the press um, <clears throat> Colvin Ramsey obviously I think he was the right back well he was the right back and Stephen May's cutting in from that side but mm-hmm. Willie Miller felt that Declan Gallagher should, could or should have done a bit better in, in helping out and uh, well I think Joe Lewis could maybe have done a bit better because bloody hell that shot was about as slow as the game felt today as it just trundled uh, into the bottom corner um, signalling a mass exodus from Pataudry uh, and sealing the three points um, back down the road to Perth. Yeah, I mean, it was... I feel like it was it was always going to be at some stage that man was going to come back to haunt us. Um, it just had a sense of inevitability when he yeah. came on, the way the game was going, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. There was... Um, it was always going to happen one time and you did sort of feel like, oh God, this could be the time. Um, and, you know, but also one thing I will say about the goal, um, as much as, you know, Aberdeen didn't cover themselves in glory, Stevie May's celebration, I actually respect the shithousery. Somewhat. What did he do? Uh, he ran over, unfortunately it was the corner of like the main stand which I think he would do doing better if he did the, uh, like the Markland because would, people would have gone mental. It would have been great viewing. Um, <laughs> but he just sort of like cupped his ears and was giving it big licks. And he properly went like went into the corner a little bit. So, you know, I, I respect that. Bit. Like Bruce Anderson did earlier. Exactly. He didn't, he didn't half-arse it. The only thing would have been <laughs> better would have been if it was the Red Shed. But, um, so I respect Stevie May for that. And um, likewise, St. John's fans for saying who the fuck is Stevie May. We deserve it. We deserve yeah. it. Well, at least he, let, he made sure I could beat the traffic home. You know, mm-hmm. some people say, why'd you leave it 1-0? But we could have still been playing. We're recording this at quarter to eight. And yeah. the night of the game, we could still be playing now, Callum, and we probably still wouldn't have scored because yeah. the last two games, we just haven't looked like it at all. Even though we're creating, mm-hmm. we don't. And, and on that point, you know, Stephen Glass again coming out and saying that we were not good enough in the final third. What what's wrong with the final third is that is the service to the final third lacking? You, you know, I touched on it earlier about the time on the training field. We've had a full week to prepare mm-hmm. for this game. I saw some folk questioning uh, Alan Russell uh, after the Motherwell game. Um, should there be question marks over him? I honestly don't know enough about the man, uh, and what I do know, not great. But um, I don't know. It's just it seemed to be as if. We started off how I feel we should have be we should be by now, and we're playing now how I feel like I expected it to start off. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how we're getting progressively worse. I don't really know mm-hmm. what's going on. It's just that at times there's service. I think sometimes Vinyl Ball does lack, but 
Austin Samuels does melt the ball across a few times. <laughs> I mean, there's some somebody's got to just gamble on these and just be willing to take the hit. It might knock them out, but just you know, get on the end of it. Um, I think yeah, there's some lack lack of uh, whatever being clinical. I don't know how you would say that another way, but um, it's just. I don't know. We seem to be getting worse in the final third rather than better. And uh, it's it's really baffling. But um, here's hoping it improves before that run of fixtures. I mean, there's a big uh, well, chance Curtis Main's going to score against us for St. Mary really now in a 1 0 defeat, isn't it? Well, this is, well, you know, our next fixture is a, is a trip down to um, to Paisley uh, a week tomorrow. So it's uh, on Sunday. Obviously, like I said, we're recording this on Saturday. So we head to St Mirren for our 12 o'clock kickoff live on Sky Sports. So for many of you, maybe save the, save the journey for those. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, Calm, we're not doing a supporters bus next weekend due to the early kickoff and severe lack of interest on, on the back of the, the poor run of results that, that we've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you touched on there, Curtis Main potentially, you know, going to find the back of the net. Speaking on the confidence, the team and strikers are going to go into this game with a lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. St Mirren are going into this game on the back of three straight draws after a right thumping from Celtic at Parkhead. Mm-hmm. But they've come from, they took the lead at Easter Road today. Uh, Eamon Brophy scoring his first goal since the opening day of the season. So a striker that's maybe going to have a bit of confidence going into the game. But then not only did they then find themselves 2-1 down, but came back to earn a, a draw with uh, former Dons defender Joe Shaughnessy grabbing the equaliser, his second goal of the season. So not only do we need to worry about Curtis Main scoring against his former club, We've also got Joe Shognessi, who has probably scored more goals than our strikers other than Christian Ramirez this season. True. Um, probably, I'm going to guess he scored more than Curtis Main as well, so I'm definitely uh, worrying yes, about this. Yeah, I'm definitely worrying about, the, about the wrong uh, ex-Aberdeen player. Um, it's always, I don't know, it's always concerning. I quite like Joe Shognessi, actually. But, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I don't know. I'm growing more and more sceptical about this this game against him. And I think I will be there because I'm going to be down... Um, in Glasgow next week anyway um, for a mm-hmm. load of gigs which will be fun but I think it'll end the week badly and it won't be fun um, in, in Paisley uh, not much happening yeah. there uh, no offence to the people of Paisley if you're tuning in um, and it'll, we'll lose and they won't even sing the Obika song to us this time so it's not it's not going to be fun no Obika no, no party in my opinion well I've got Rory swimming at 12 o'clock on a Sunday, so I'll oh, have him on recording. And uh, either I'll watch it after the Grand Prix, because the Grand Prix will probably be more enjoyable than the game itself. Um, but I'll watch it one way or another. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm not really sure what, what to look forward to, although I will need to find cover for uh, the week after against Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, though, Calm, the game is at Paisley and and... We've been struggling for goals recently, but St Mirren haven't exactly been blessed for um, goals at home. Only the the one goal that they they've scored at home this season, uh, again by Joe Shaughnessy in that two one defeat to to Hearts that they suffered, and um, drawing both the other games nil nil. So they know how to be relatively resilient at home. Mm. Do we expect this to be another tight affair again, like what we saw today, or do you think there's opportunities for it to be a bit more? And in terms of like expansive football on our part, um, all 
sounds, in my opinion, seem to point towards it not being a thriller. Um, given you know, obviously their resiliency at the back, uh, our unwillingness to score goals, they've not been great at home. It's not. I'm not. It's not a thing with confidence, any way, shape, or form. But then, knowing my luck, it could then easily be an absolute thriller, and we could come flying out the traps. You know, Eamon mm. Brophy's a confident. We've got a leaky defence. Who knows what could happen? Joe Shotzi is confident, obviously, as well. And we, yeah. once again, have a leaky defence, not great with set pieces. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and exactly. Joe's going to be a big threat from set pieces. We touched on we've not been able to not only defend set pieces well, but we've not been able to defend the cross ball very well this season as well. And and not only will Eamon Brophy be going into this game in, in confidence, and like I said, bagging for the first time since opening day, but we've also got a bit of an injury concern. We said we're not exactly blessed at the back, mm. but um, Stephen Glass saying he's hopeful but can't be 100% sure. Again, obviously, this is just post-match comments, so it, it's difficult to have an assessment um, straight away. Um, that will Bates be fit enough? And if he's not, it's going to be another change at the back for Aberdeen. Uh, yeah, not great, because I think we noticeably looked a bit less organised without David Bates. Um, yeah, when he went 100%. off today and you know that's not great when you've just brought in Motherwell's captain I'm sure he's Scotland International I'm sure he's on uh, a decent wage as well um, and then this guy who's been here you know way less than half the time comes in and sort of shores up, shores up the defence in a way and looks pretty good on the ball too um, so fingers yeah, crossed he's, he's quite, ready quite positive mm-hmm. with the ball out from the back but I noticed that Bates was playing right side of the two. Is that where Gallagher's been playing? Uh, with McCrory, I think so. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I thought it was the other way around and it was a positional change. But no, I do do agree that it certainly looked a lot calmer in, mm-hmm. in the defence um, with, with those two there. Uh, unfortunate, maybe for... For Mr. Gallagher, in that in that sense, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things when you don't when you give when you give strikers space and if they can get the ball on target, you never know what, what happens. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we, we paid the price today. Again, you know, we, we don't want to look too far ahead. We we want to try and be as upbeat as possible. But given the fact that we've lost again today, um, is it imperative that we get three points next week? I would say very important going into uh, this run of fixtures that we get three points. Obviously, there's the international break as well, sorry, after mm. the Celtic game. so But, you know, again, losing ground on both sides um, of the Edinburgh teams there today, both picking up uh, points. Mm-hmm. I would like to think we won't lose any ground on Motherwell. Um, mm. it's they, they've got a trip to, to Ibrox, but you know, we, we've talked on the importance of the league position giving guaranteed European football if you finish in the top three. I think it's group stages for, for third of the Europa League. Mm-hmm. And if we're not going to get Europe through through the league, then you're putting importance onto the Scottish Cup. Otherwise, we've got the Betfred group stages to look forward to. Can't wait for that. Uh, looking forward to Covoe. That'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Nice short journey up to AB12. But, um, nice, no, nice local derby. Exactly, exactly. And, um, I think it is very, very important that we do get these three points. Obviously, as you say, um, you know, losing some, even though at halftime we were level and they were both losing, we've lost ground on 
uh, Hearts and Hibs. I think not only for in terms of um, just getting three points for once, in terms of confidence mm. as well, because they do at times yeah. it was we did look a bit like a team that were playing like a little bit more sheepishly, sheepishly, uh, if you'll mm. pardon the pun, and uh, <laughs> lacking confidence. Um, very very important, and I honest, but to be honest, any three points, any win, a little bit of a boost would be nice, any yeah. way, shape, or form. Off Curtis yeah, Lane's I- bum. Take it. <laughs> yeah, uh, into our goal, not yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, their yeah. goal. Sorry, their goal, not our goal. Oh, we've sake. got no idea what's going on. You can tell it's five to eight on a Saturday evening. Yeah, you can tell this podcast is as shambolic as ever. But as, as always, we do appreciate those that that tune in and listen. You know, light-hearted look at, at the the Don's mm-hmm. events and, and content that we we do try and provide, and also very kind of us, uh, kind of Sky Sports, I should say, to replace our normal. Sunday trips to Kilmarnock, Sunday lunchtime trips to Kilmarnock um, with a trip to Paisley instead. Uh, they do like uh, sending us to shitholes on a Sunday lunchtime, so thanks very much for that, Sky. If they weren't, if the people of Paisley weren't annoyed at me saying there's not much going on <laughs> now, then they they definitely are annoyed now. Thanks, Glenn. Yeah, and just offended the folk of Kilmarnock for no good reason as well. Yeah, li- not even time. in our league anymore. What have they done? Nothing. <laughs> No, nothing. But at least Kilmarnock it was a more enjoyable away day than Paisley, so that's very true. But you know, we we hope, Callum, that the next time that we speak on this podcast, we finally um, have something positive to speak about. I don't think you've got many gigs lined up for the week after, so you will be returning to review the game on Sunday. Uh, yes, I will be returning to review the game. I will be I will be at the game and then I'm go- actually going to make fly after um oh. after the game on Sunday, which I'm you know quite excited for. And then uh I'll be back back to beautiful ABZ. Can't wait for that. And well I will, um I will catch up with you next Monday to do our review of the, the game on Sunday, um, and that'll be out um, through the week. Um once again just want to thank um those of you that have been tuning in, whether it's listening on Spotify, Amazon, because um, we are on all your mm-hmm. smart players now, so you just need to ask your Alexa to play Red Tinted Glasses and, and she should do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Play and, and Anchor, all those good places as well. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much for the continued support. We've seen a handful of new subscribers, so we hope you are enjoying the content. seen a lot of you um, commenting on the player interviews that we've done, the Nikki Lowe one being obviously the most recent, but folk have gone back and watched the Steve Tosh, Richie Byrne, Jack Grimmer, Jamie Smith, Cami Smith. It was just great to see people delving into the archives, isn't it, Callum? It is very much welcome. You can find them on the channel. At some points throughout the the you know the the uh, the video there'll be the card things in the corners. Oh great stuff. And and end screen. I don't know which one I'm going to pick yet, but I'll pick mm-hmm. a random one. And if you've not watched it, be sure to check it out. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to them, you can scroll back through the, the archives. Like I said, you know, we've been doing this just over a year, so we do appreciate um, all the all the support. Um, we are on social media as well, Twitter at RTG underscore podcast, Instagram RTG.podcast as well. So thank you very much for tuning into this episode, and hopefully Callum will be back with a bit more positivity next week, both from both of us. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But well, thank you very much for tuning in, everybody. 